Thank you for joining us on our Living Word Christian Center podcast. You're about to listen to one of our guest speakers. Open up your hearts and get ready to receive a word from the Lord. Amen for my pastor, Pastor Reuben, that he entrusts me to come and minister the word. Today is three months that we've been in Fresno. Amen. We, we, our first service started April the 3rd. Amen. And, and we're still driving. So pray for us. Amen. We leave at nine in the morning and we get back home on Sunday anywhere from 930 to 11 at night. Amen. Because the drive. Amen. Uh, uh, but I thank God. Amen. I thank God that that God is faithful. Amen. We're believing August is the month for us where we're going to find a place to stay. Amen. Thank my wife because she helps me with the driving. Amen. And she don't complain. She's just there faithful. Also, Tinsley's with them, my worship leader, our, our, my setup guy. Uh, uh, everything we need, that's, that's Tinsley. Amen. I thank God for him. Amen. But let's go ahead and, and, and jump into the word. Amen. Tonight. Amen. If you're taking notes, I titled it Crying to Make Room. Crying, not trying but crying to make room. Because too many times we try, but we don't do it, amen? So I'm gonna tie a couple of stories in here, and then we're gonna get right into it. Leviticus uh, chapter 26, verse 10, the NIV says, you will still be eating last year's harvest when you will have to move it out to make room for the new. Let's pray. Father, we're careful to give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. Lord, I pray I step aside, my God, You use me to preach and teach your word tonight that our hearts would be open, God. Holy Spirit, take control. My God, encourage us, God, to to know, God, that all it takes is a cry to get your attention. And Holy Spirit, we give you full control and authority right now in your son's precious name. And everyone said amen and amen. When you read this portion of scripture, this one sentence can change the course of your life. If you don't learn how to move out what was, you'll never have or see what God has for you in the future. Too many times we want to hold on to what was, and God is saying, no, you got to let that go, amen. But sometimes we've been saved for so long that we, we, don't, we don't cry anymore. Hello, somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, he's going to talk about you tonight, so pay attention. See, so many of us are living on yesterday's encounters, and we're looking for the same touch we got when we first got saved. An encounter with the Lord shouldn't just excite us, it should change us. How many could say amen? amen? See, when we get saved, all of a sudden we have an encounter, but that encounter has to grow and keep growing and keep growing, but sometimes we get comfortable. And the portion of scripture, it says here that, that we have to move out the old. How many know, uh, in order to move out the old, there's some decisions you have to make. We have to make choices, amen, to, to say, God, uh, I'm going to be kingdom-minded. Uh, I'm going to do what you called me to do because it's so easy to think that God will do everything for us and we don't have to do anything. I got saved, God, and, and that's it. You're going to do everything. God says, no, 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 you have a part. And our part is to be intentional, 
Oh, don't get quiet on me now. Amen. That definition of attentional means you, that you planned or you intended, you have a plan. In other words, if you want to become that man of God and that woman of God, that, that power couple, that, that young person coming up, you have to be intentional. You have to make the right choices. You have to move out the old stuff because that was good for yesterday, but it's not going to get you where God wants you to, be, to, to become. Amen. So, so we have to understand that. But too many times what we do is Christ, uh, we act like Christ is an additive to our life. What I mean by that is uh, he's our foundation on how we should raise our kids. How many could say amen? He's our foundation on how we build our marriages and how we run our business and how we serve in the church and how we answer the call of God. Single people, let me give you some free 99. He's your foundation on who to date. You just don't start dating and ask God to bless it. Because when that happens, you're going to end up walking into the wrong, the wrong places, amen? And then you're going to end up dating dumb people. Don't look at your spouse if you're married, amen? It's already done, amen? See, he's the reason we, every, everything that, that we have is because of him. He should be involved in every part of our lives. But too many times we don't do that, amen? The Holy Spirit is always at our access. He's always passing by. How many believe that? Every single day we have access to him. Let me give an example. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8 through 11. It says, now it happened one day that Elijah went, it says, to Shunem, where there was a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was as often as he passed by, he would run. See, that word says pass by. He would turn in there to eat some food. And then in verse 9, and she said to her husband, look, I know that this is the holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Again, Remember the prophets here in the Old Testament, they represented the Holy Spirit. So what she's saying is the Holy Spirit used to pass by. And, and, and we read on the story in verse 10, she says, please let us make them an upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for them, a table, a chair and a lampstand. And it'll be forever when he comes to visit, he can turn in. But they put him on the roof. And when I was reading, I said, you know why the roof? For, he, for the anointing can cover the whole house. The Holy Spirit is here and he passes us by every day, but we have to make room for it because it says as often as he passed by, she got tired of just a visit. She was saying, I just don't want a visit in my house. I, I want the whole presence of God to, to reign inside my house, amen? And when we understand that, we're going to say, I'm not going to let the Holy Spirit pass by regularly, amen? I'm not going to let him just come from time to time. I'm going to make room for him. Our relationship with God shouldn't be he passed by. It should be that he stayed, that he turned in, amen? How many know we all have needs? Look at the person next to you. Don't say nothing. Just look at them. Some of you are probably saying they look needy. That's not what I said. I said, just look at them. But how many know that God is not obligated to move on our behalf just because we have a need? He's not obligated to move just because we got a need. And, and that's not why he wants to live in our house. Just because we have a need doesn't mean he's obligated to turn in. And so many times we, we get that mix up. I'm going to church. I'm saved now, God. You're obligated. No, he's not. Luke 18, 35 through 42. Then it happened as he was coming near Jericho that a certain blind man sat by the road begging. 
And here, hearing a multitude passing by, he asked what it meant. So they told him Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. Now the next phrase gives us the answer why Jesus stopped. In verse 38, it says, and he cried out, saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Verse 39 says, then those who went before warned him that he should be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on us. See, it says here that Jesus was just walking by him. But his cry got his attention. And too many times as believers, we stop crying. We stop crying out for God, amen. We get settled in our comfort and we think God is just going to come and meet every need. No, he's going to pass you by unless you have that cry. And then verse 40 says, so Jesus stood still and commanded him to, to be brought to him. And when he had come near, he asked him, saying, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. But verse 40 says, Jesus stood still. Imagine the picture. Jesus was just passing by. This man, blind man, he couldn't see him, but he heard about Jesus. And the Bible says that Jesus was going to pass by, but he cried out, amen. And when he cried out, it stopped Jesus right there where Jesus turned to him. That's why I said too many times we stop crying out and God stopped turning to us and he passes us by because we lost the cry. Come on. Yes. Jesus stood still. But look at what it says here. It says, but when he cried, it says when, they, when he cried out, those, they, they started telling him, shut up. That's paraphrase. Like, be quiet. It's almost like when you're in church and you get excited for the worship and you're crying out, yes, Jesus, let's go. And everything's firing you up. And then people are around, shh, 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 shh. But look at what it says he did. It says, then he shouted all the more. How many know that people shouldn't shut up your cry? People shouldn't, whatever they tell you, it shouldn't stop you from being who God created you to be. But too many times we stop crying. How many know there's different cries? There's cries for attention. Your cry from wanting more of God has changed. Now you're just crying for attention. You come to church and you, God, I want, I want attention. There's also a cry of tiredness. When people are tired, all they do is cry, amen. There's a cry of boredom. You come to church, you don't volunteer, so you get bored. Amen, then you start crying, well, this church ain't for me. There's a cry of hunger. Those that are hungry for the Lord, they say, man, whatever you need me to do, I'm there. A cry for hunger. There's a cry for also for dirty diapers. <laughs> Hello, somebody. Maybe some of you tonight need, to, need your diaper changed, amen? Because all you're doing is crying. All right, let's go on. I don't want to camp there. There's three things I want to bring out real quick. Number one, your cry is important. Remember that, your cry is important. Your cry is dependent on whether God is stopping or passing by. That's how important it is, our cry. It determines whether the Lord is going to stop there or he's going to walk right past us. Yes. 
That's why some of you are still in the same place and it's been one year, two years and, and you stop crying out and you wonder why you're stuck in the same place. It's because you lost your cry. God responds to your cry, amen. When's the last time you cried out? Where's the men and women that say, man, I'm not ashamed to say, God, I need you. God, I still have a cry. God, I don't know what I'm doing, God, but I know with you I can do it. He responds to your cry. See, some of you are like, wow, I didn't know that. I thought he just, I got to say a prayer. No, your cry. Number two, your cry gets his attention. Your cry is important, but your cry also gets his attention. Uh, attention. Verse 40 says, so Jesus stood still. You see, it's not your ability to have a need. It's your ability to cry out to the one who has the answer. Because all of us have needs. It's not our ability, okay, I got a needle. No, it's our crying out, God, I need you. I need you. We can't do what we, what we do without the Lord. We can't do it. I mean, we go, oh, you go pioneer, okay, God, I can't do it without you. I need your strength, God, I need this, God, I need that, God. I mean, but sometimes we stop crying. Or sometimes you got a fake cry. How many know babies have a fake cry? And how many know a mother knows the difference Oh, go get them. No, no, no. That, that's a fake cry. Right? And the husbands are like, what? What? What's going on? The mom knows, man. But too many people have fake cries in the church nowadays. That's why they don't get the breakthrough. That's why they don't go to another level. Because they're embarrassed. Remember when you first got saved? You cried at the altar, man. Mocos were running down. You didn't care. Makeup was smearing. Talking to the men. Amen. <laughs> It's 2023, you never know. No, I'm just joking, amen? It's your ability to cry out, amen? It's not your need. It's about your cry. Uh, why is it, uh, we're going to look at a baby's now cry now. Why is it so important that the baby cries when it's born? Think about that. Why is it so important? Because the baby, remember, the baby's in the sack. The sack is, is, is filled with fluid, and it contains and protects the baby in the womb until the baby's born. Amen? And the baby's not breathing in air. Everything in that sack, amen, is, is keeping the baby going. Amen? And, and so let me give you a, a short biology class for you on the baby. Uh, the baby, he's in the womb. He's getting oxygen through the placenta. And then because the baby's organs are still at a work in progress, his lungs are the last things to to develop so when the baby comes out and they cut the cord the first cry is important because now he's getting air into his lungs and if that baby doesn't cry what happens is all of a sudden they take him back or they try to make him breathe amen so we have to understand as believers when we first get saved amen God is protecting us amen and God has us there but when he cuts the cord we got to start breathing for ourselves amen we have to have that cry and say God here I am God, yes, you covered me, and yes, you protect me, but now I got to make the right choices. Amen. Some of us don't want to make right choices no more. Psalms 34, 15, the Living Bible, for the eyes of the Lord are intently watching all who live good lives, and he gives attention when they cry to him. There's that word cry again. So the scriptures that we're reading tonight, it says when a person cries, it stops him. 
The real cry. We're not talking about that fake cry stuff. We're talking about the real cry. Because some of us are good with the fake cry. You know, you start talking to somebody and they're hurt and then all of a sudden the tears come out. You know, and, and they're tears where they want you to feel sorry for them, not tears where they want to change. Hello, somebody. It says he gives attention when they cry. Uh, for the eyes of the Lord are intently. That means focused, in a focused manner. He, he's looking and he's looking down at his sons and at his daughters. And he says, okay, I know what you're going through. And I, I, I set you there, but I'm waiting for that cry. See, sometimes we miss that. When's the last time you cried out to the Lord and say, God, I, I can't do this on my own? Amen. Especially raising children. Maybe, maybe it's your marriage. Uh, you, you, you stop crying out to God because you're like, this just ain't going to work no more in my marriage. We're not compatible. Right? You stop crying, amen. God, just, just teach me, God, how to be a husband or teach me how to be a wife, amen. Teach me, God, how to love my spouse, God. Teach me how to change. But all of a sudden, because all the hurt, you stop crying. Right. And now you have the fake tears. Every time you go to counseling, they just come out. <laughs> I know, when I first got married, I, had, I was in counseling for a year. I know that's hard to believe, right? For a year, I was in counseling. And every time we go in there, my wife starts crying. I leave mad. There you go again. All the tears. They believe you. Right away, they start getting on me, you know. And for the whole year, then I realized it was me that caused that pain. You know, but, but, but I had to come to a place where I was like, man, God, I don't know how to be a dad. I don't know how to be a husband. I don't know how to be a father. I had to cry out to learn how to become that. I didn't learn. I didn't know how to hold hands with her. It was awkward for me. I didn't know how to hug her. I didn't know how to cuddle. Homie didn't do that stuff. You know, no, you know. Uh-uh, man. It's like, girl, I give you my check. That shows you I love you, you know. And, but that was my mentality. And I, I had to learn to cry out to become the man that God wanted me to become. Is there anybody with a cry in this room tonight? Amen. You may look crazy with the cry. You may look foolish with the cry. But God responds to that cry. When is the last time you cried? Amen. When's the last time you said, God, this is it. I can't go on. But all I got to do is cry out to you. Let me give you another story. Mark 6, 48 and 49. The New King James Version says in verse 48, then he saw them straining, rowing, for the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. And look at what it says. And would have passed them by. Verse 49 says, and when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed there was a ghost and cried out. Remember, Jesus put him in that boat. They were being obedient to what God was trying to teach them. But he was trying to take them to another level. And the Bible says that when he put them in the boat, that he would have passed them by. I mean, oh, even when he's building us, he'll pass us by if we don't cry. But what's interesting about this story, I'm going to mess up some of your theology, is they cried out in fear. It says they were afraid. But it still got his attention. 
God was taking them to another level, and they cried out in fear. How many know when we get involved in ministry, you're, you're going to be fearful for a little bit, amen, because we never done it before, and, and we're going, and God, I don't know, God, if I can do this, but then we cry out, God, but you say the word like Peter did. You say the word, and I'll come to you. Out of fear. Leadership positions are opening up here in this church. But too many people are afraid and they sit in that, 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 that fear. But when you cry out, it keeps you walking, amen. It keeps you going forward, amen. He didn't care if it was in fear. He just heard the cry. See, some of you are afraid right now. I don't want to take that city. I don't want to go to that church. I don't want to do this. And God, no, I don't want to witness to people. I don't like people. And you're afraid. All you got to do is cry out, God, because sometimes we think we have to say it the right way. Oh, I have to speak thy King Jameth, whatever you want to call it, you know. I have to walk the right way, you know. Man, you know, I, I, I have to talk right. I, I have to have it together. Then God will respond to me. No, you may have dragged yourself here tonight. You may have crawled in bleeding, amen, spiritually. You might be struggling. You, you might have clicked online, amen. Your faith might be hanging on by a thread, amen. All you have to do tonight is cry out. It doesn't matter if it's in fear or it's in faith. It will get the Lord's attention. If they didn't cry out, he would have passed them by, the scripture says. When I read that, I'm like, man, then that means he can pass me by if I stop crying out. If you're in a frustrating place right now, maybe it's because your cry is not real. Or maybe you haven't cried for a long time. Let me give you some free 99, James 4, 8. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Do you have a draw near? Amen? A draw near. Man, uh, I don't know what I'm going through, but I'm going to draw near to God. Amen? Uh, where's your draw near? Where, where's your cry at? If you don't cry out, you might miss all of God's best for your life. See, don't wait for the Lord to fix it for you to be faithful. So many times, God, I got to be better. No, you don't. All you got to do is cry out. He responds to the cry. Luke 17, 11, here's another story. And Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem. He reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered the village, there were 10 men with leprosy, stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked to, at them and said, go show yourself to the priests. And they went. They were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, praise God, fell on the ground at his feet, thanking him for what he's done. This is a story for people that didn't even believe he was Jesus. They just heard about him. So all they did was cry out, and they were able to get their healing. See, you may be here today and, and you're not saved and you heard about them, but you're going to have an opportunity to cry out and say, God, I don't understand it. All I heard is all these things that you do, God. But tonight you're going to have an opportunity to say, I want to cry out tonight, God. Another story, the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years. The thing about this is Jesus was in her city. 
and he was going around healing other people. She could have just sat there and said, man, why doesn't he come here complaining? I got an issue. Doesn't he know about my issue? Everybody knows about my issue because I tried everything out. She didn't point fingers. She didn't stay in her house. The Bible says she got out of her house. And she was contagious. Everybody she touched, she would have messed them up. But she touched the hem of his garment. She had to push her way through. I mean, sometimes you're going to have to push your way through. You may not feel good. You may be going through changes, but you have to push your way through. Some people may be stuck in your house because of anger. You're angry because of circumstances or things that happen to you. Or maybe abuse. You've been abused and, and you're stuck in the house. You don't want to come out. You just point fingers. Maybe broken relationships. Maybe addiction. Bondage. Maybe in pain. You're in so much pain, you'll never want to come out of your house, but you'll never get a touch from God unless you come out of your house, amen? Until you come out and say, man, I just got to go forward, I got to move forward, then you're going to be able to see how God is able to make a way. See, faith is built in the moments where you feel like giving up, but you cry out instead. Because there are going to be seasons you, you feel like giving up. There is. We've been serving the Lord uh, 41 and a half years. And there's seasons I threw in the towel, forget it. The Holy Spirit picked it back up and threw it at me in the face. <laughs> you ain't giving up on me. I didn't, I'm not giving up on you, you know. But there's seasons you feel like that. But then you got to remember, all you got to do is hold on and cry out, amen. When, when you cry out, faith is built and his, his presence is revealed, is revealed in our lives. You have to be willing to move it out. Too many of us are not willing to cry out. The third point I want to bring, I want to bring out different types of cries. Because the Bible, there's so many different types of cries. Luke 22, 42, and, and 43, this is the cry to fulfill his call. He says, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine's. And then verse 43, then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. When's the last time you cried to fulfill the call that God has in your life? Jesus was here, and he says, Father, take this cup from me. In other words, this is too hard for me to do on my own strength. I mean, if we try to serve the Lord on our own strength, it's going to be too hard for us, amen? It's, we're, and, and you're going to be saying, I can't do it. But look at what he said. He got a hold of himself, and he says, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. What did he do? The spirit kicked in. Because how many know the flesh is always going to tell us we can't do it? You can't do it. That's crazy. You don't have an education. You never graduated. You never did none of that stuff, man. You are always a mess up, amen. But we have to understand in this flesh, I can't do it. But once I cry out and say, God, your will be done, amen, then all of a sudden, look at verse 43. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. You want to be strengthened tonight to finish your course? Then cry out. Cry out. God, not my will. Your will be done. Too many people ain't crying out. That's why you ain't getting strengthened. The next one, the battle cry. Second Chronicles 13, 15. And the men of Judah begin to shout at the sound of the battle cry. When's the last time you had a battle cry? Think about it. 
A battle cry means you go into a warfare mode. And there's going to be seasons in our life that we got to go into warfare, amen. And the warfare mode, the battle cry, you're going to, it's going to want to wake you up at 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning. Are you willing to get up and say, I'm going to pray for my children, amen. Devil, you have no authority uh, on them. I'm going to pray for my marriage. I pray for them to come in, but it seems to get worse. But I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep crying. Why? Because I got a battle cry. Where's the men? and women of God that have a battle cry. We got to understand that. Warfare. Too many of us, no, I'm too tired. I'm not going to get up. You ain't got a battle cry. You call yourself a soldier. You're not a soldier. You just all talk. Let's go to the next one. Some of you are getting mad at me. Cry of forgiveness. Because in ministry, you will get hurt. How many can say amen? amen? In ministry, people will talk about you. They're probably talking about me right now. Why he came. I thought we got rid of him when they sent him out, you know. <laughs> Acts chapter 7, verse 59 and 60. It says, they continue stoning Stephens. See, some of you woke up when you heard stoning, huh? We're talking about the rocks you throw at him, not the other stoning, amen? They continue stoning Stephen as he called on the Lord and said, Lord Jesus, receive and accept and welcome my spirit. Look at verse 60. Then falling on his knees, he cried out loudly, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Do not charge them, amen? And so, uh, because too many times we get hurt and we want payback. Oh, Lord, you, no, go, Holy Spirit, sick them. Right? Some of you are mad right now because somebody's sitting in your seat. You came in like ushers, like be happy. Because uh, what about those that have been hurt? People have done you wrong. And you come in church and, and, and you don't want to f- let the forgiveness go. And it does more damage to you. The people that hurt you, they're already moving on. And you're still stuck. You're still stuck because you don't want to forgive. What about the cry of surrender? Psalm 66, 17 through 20 says, for I cried to him for help with praises ready on my tongue. He would not have listened if I had not confessed my sins. I cried to him. See, if you start reading the scripture throughout the Bible about crying, it always stopped the Lord if the cry was the right cry, amen, and it, it got his attention. What about a cry for the city? Exodus 3, 7 through 10. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of the slave drivers, and I am concerned about their sufferings. Do you have a cry? Are you even concerned for the lost people that are going to hell? Or do we just come to church, sit down, got our, church, our, our favorite chair, and, and hallelujah, and that's it. And no cry for your city. Because that cry will stop you. How many could say amen? That cry would all of a sudden put that burden in your heart for people. All of a sudden, that love that the Lord has for people, now you're able to share it because you have a cry for your city. And the last one, and I'm going to camp on this one, a cry for the altar, not the gift. Because too many of us 
cry for the gift because you know how to preach. You know how to teach. You know the word of God. But let's look at what Jesus said in Matthew 23, 19. You blind men, which is greater, the gift or the altar that makes the gift sacred? Because how many know we, we can go in the phase where all of a sudden we were at the altar, but now because we have experience, we know how to teach, we know how to move a crowd, we know how to do all this different stuff. And then we forget about the altar. And then we start functioning, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, pride will rise up. Look at me. I am got it together. Because how many know the thing everyone sees is the gift, not the altar? We got a lot of great preachers with no anointing. Because they're focused on the gift instead of the altar. Gifts are not bad. They are bad when they come before the altar, amen? Because everyone will post about gifting. Look at, he did awesome. She did awesome. They did this. But nobody's praising you when you build an altar. The altar is the reason your gift works. Some are, are working so hard on the gift when they need to be working hard on the altar. You can't get the anointing from being good at your gift. You get your anointing at the altar. Zechariah 4, 6 says, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. We can't get his spirit without the altar. The reason why your gift is what it is is because what it's on, the altar. If your gift is on the platform and not the altar, you're just performing. Performing. Worshiping, just performing. Preaching, just performing. Taking care of children, just performing. We need to get back to the altar and cry for the altar. Because too many times we get good at what we're doing. And then all of a sudden that takes us away from the altar. And then when you're just doing in your gifts, you're, you're functioning in your gifts, You'll always feel like you have to be somebody else. You're performing. And the next time you have to outperform your last time. But when you're at the altar, you're like, God, I, I don't know what you saw in me, God. God, I was all messed up and you picked me up, God. God, I remember where I came from, God. I'm just going to serve you. I'm just going to keep saying yes, God, and you anoint me because I'm at the altar. You give me what I need to do and give it to me, God, for when I need it. Yes. Too many times we focus on the gift. And when we focus on the gift, we're being somebody else. That's why there's no anointing. You can move people. But when you focus on the gift, pride comes in. Then all of a sudden, you think you're it. You know this church is going to continue to grow no matter who's in here? Because of the anointing, because our pastor's always at the altar. But too many times we can get in a place where we come in and, and, and pride will set in. And you know what pride does? It closes our mind to new ideas. Yes. It closes our mind. Pride closes our mind to feedback. When somebody tries to come and share something, well, you, know, you don't know me. Pride prevents us from 
admitting our mistakes. Pride keeps us from making needed changes. See, when we understand here that crying out, it'll bring healing, it'll bring breakthrough, it'll bring deliverance, it'll bring restoration, salvation, freedom. All from crying out. Think about it. When, when, when I started studying this, I had to repent. God, take me back to the altar. Let me never forget where I came from. Because some of us came in here hurting, came in here tore up from the floor up, amen, beat up from the feet up, amen. Now all of a sudden when they look at you, they don't see that person that came in, but all of a sudden you stop the altar, so now you're just functioning in gifts. Pride. You know what keeps us at the altar? Gratitude. God, I Thank you that you would choose a nobody like me, God. And not only choose me, give me everything you have. Not only give me everything you have, God, send me to do a work for you. When's the last time you were grateful? We read the scripture. Jesus stood still, verse 41. What do you want me to do for you? That was after he cried out. The question tonight is, are you going to cry out? Because if you do, he's going to ask you, what do you want me to do for you? Some of you need to cry because you're children. Some of you need to cry for your marriage. Some of you need to cry because you're just playing church. You need to cry because thank God that he chose you to do a work for him. Remember where you came from. Remember, too many times that gift makes us forget where we came from. We came into this church. God gave you purpose. God gave you direction. Now because you know a little bit of scripture and you understand it and okay, now you try to break down everything. Forget about all that. That's what the Pharisees did. That's why Jesus was talking to the Pharisees here. And he says, well, which is better, the gift or the altar? That makes the gift sacred. Why do you think pastors started having the prayer meetings on Sunday night? Before services. He wants to keep us at the altars. If you know pastor, he's always going to take you to the altar. Come and pray with him. Come to the church during the week. He'll take us to prayer. An hour prayer minimum. Why? What's he saying? Because you could have all the gifting in the world, but if you forsake the altar, you're just performing as everyone stands. When's the last time you cried? I think all of us can evaluate ourselves and say, man, God, take me back to the altar. Let me be grateful, God grateful that my marriage, when it fell apart, God, you brought it back together. It may be getting difficult now, God, but I'm going to cry out still, God. Maybe it's just you. You've been stuck at a certain level, and God is challenging you tonight. Just cry out. What do you need? You need a breakthrough? Then cry out. 
David said here in 2 Samuel 24, David, he, he followed his pride. He counted on his fighting men and instead of trusting God. God came and showed him his error. Then in verse 24, the guy came and said, hey, everything that I insist on paying you for it. And David says, no, I will not sacrifice to the Lord. My God, burnt offerings that cost me nothing. You know what he's saying? No, no, you can't do this for me. I have to do it myself. And there's some of you here, you got to do it yourself. The Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit is moving. But he's saying, let's get back to the altar. Kill the pride. Maybe it's the call of God. You've been running and you know it. And God is saying, today's the day. Just cry out. Maybe you're here and you don't know the Lord. Maybe you're watching on our live stream and you don't know the Lord. I, I want to take this opportunity to, to tell you, if you want to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, we're not saying come and join our church. We're just saying accept him. Have a relationship with him. And if, maybe you're here. If you're here, anyone here, just by the uplifting your hand, we want to say a prayer for you. Maybe you backslid. Maybe you say, man, I, I, I just got to do this. Any hands? Anybody here? Everybody saved, all right. And I want to open it up to the church then. The word went out. Now God is, Holy Spirit is dealing. So I want to open the altar. You need prayer? Just come up for prayer, man. Just say, God, I need you. God, I need you. He's asking you, what do you need? Once they cried out, they got breakthrough. They got everything they needed. All he needs is to cry. Maybe you're afraid of ministry. Maybe you're afraid of, of doing more for God. Just come to the altar and cry out. Holy Spirit, just have your way right now. That's it. Just lift up your hands. Do something different. Lift your hands high. Cry out. Don't be afraid to cry out. See, when the Spirit is moving like this, it's because He wants to break you. Not a fake cry. He knows everything about us. And he still created this opportunity for you and for me. Just say, God, I need you right now, God. And tell them whatever it is you're crying out for. God, I need you for my children. God, I need you for my marriage. God, I need you in the situation that I'm facing right now, God. God, I need you to fulfill the call of God you have on my life. I can't do it on my own. I